All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Subnet Show. I am your host, Gabriel Cardona. We're coming to you audio only today from the beautiful city of Lisbon, Portugal. We are out here for the recent ETH week or Lisbon Blockchain Week. And I am joined, as always, by the man with the most cats in crypto, my co-host, Connor Daly. What is up, Connor? I, I miss my cats. I haven't <laughs> haven't played with any cats in the last few days. So, uh, man, it's, a, it's been an experience. But man, Lisbon, beautiful city amazing conference we've been at avalanche house all week and met so many amazing community members builders investors dgens enterprise people legal uh lobbyists and man it, it, is, it has been an experience and one of those uh community members that we met uh is here with us today so yes we are joined today by galen marchetti um, let me know if I didn't pronounce that correctly. Galen is the co-founder and CEO of Kurtosis, and Kurtosis is a testing and prototyping environment for blockchain technology. Um, they're pretty blockchain agnostic. Currently, they work with um, obviously Avalanche, Solana, Chainlink, I believe Near. He can announce some others. Um, but yeah, it's great to have you today, Galen. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for having me and taking me to this uh, nice hotel to do this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's great. Um, pleasure to be. And the Avalanche House was great as well. I was there the last couple of days. Um, great Extremely to meet everyone. successful. Oh, yeah. 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 So tell, tell us a little bit about your, your LizCon journey. You know, what, uh, what events did you do? You know, what was your networking like, your whole experience? Would you recommend people come, you know, with just the quick spiel? Yeah, so the, the Lisbon experience for me... We were invited to speak at the NEAR conference. Uh, we're currently working with the NEAR protocol, and that was the main reason for coming. I came about a week early and just so happened to learn via Jay from Avalanche that there was an Avalanche event happening, and then I learned about everything else, like that there's a big Ethereum event, like a lot of blockchain folks here. So for me, I just kind of threw myself into it and tried to meet as many people as possible. Um, because my main focus was was speaking within your protocol yeah yeah so I, I will say uh, I might not sound like my normal self today because yeah we have all been talking to a lot of people and I have definitely lost my voice multiple times and, and come back to life with it so uh, <laughs> yeah part all part of the experience yeah I, I gotta say uh, this was an absolutely incredible week for us and we got to meet so many uh, amazing people and got to hear about you know, why they're interested in Avalanche and talk to a bunch of people who had never heard of Avalanche or were uh, not sure why Avalanche was something that they should be interested in. And getting to talk to those people was, I think, uh, a real great experience all around. Great for us to get to know the community better and also great for them to uh, see what kind of community that we're building, which is a very real community. And you know, if you have any FOMO, if you, if you missed Avalanche House, if you missed Lisbon and you, you want to uh, participate in the future this was a very successful event for us so I mm -hmm. think uh, there's a very strong chance there will be more avalanche houses in the future yeah yeah it was very eye-opening getting to connect with the community we had what was called avalanche house and uh, it was absolutely a huge success every single day we had presentations and of course we had food and beverages and um, we made a big announcement of a partnership with Andretti Formula E racing and that was very exciting and then also just got to speak to um, a bunch of cool projects, including who was all there? We got Banky, we had Wonderland, we had um, Ave, Marker, yeah, yeah. Um, a bunch of Twitter personalities too. We got to meet uh, a lot of the, a lot of the folks from Avalanche Twitter. Some really. Pangolin team team members were here, 
So, um, in the context of kurtosis, we're huge fans of kurtosis at all the labs. We use it extensively internally for testing, and um, traditionally kurtosis was used for testing, but I know there's now a prototyping framework, which we want Galen to speak on, but I know the way I perceive kurtosis and the way we've used it internally as, is to mock up end-to-end -end tests so you can actually spin up an entire new Docker container with a full avalanche network and run every single individual test on it and you can of course script the environment to get the environment in whatever state you want. You can inject malicious behavior into your test suite so you can test the robustness of your um, test and your code and then you can also um, inject different network failures into your um, test suite so you can see what your code does because we're, we're developing decentralized applications. So. Um, Without falling down the rabbit hole too far, usually the way we do this is we ask people their crypto journey, their crypto vision, and then the project they're working on. So as Connor mentioned, most of us have a very similar story. So without falling down the rabbit hole, why don't you just kind of give us uh, the high level of your crypto journey. If I understand correctly, you were doing physics at Cornell, is that right? That's right. I, I majored in physics at Cornell. I originally wanted to be a research physicist. What, what year did you graduate? 2015. Okay, we, uh, we overlapped. Oh, really? <laughs> I was a physics major at Cornell for, for two years. No, no That's way. awesome. I graduated in 2016. That's Were so you cool. in the engineering or the uh, arts in, and sciences? Uh, arts. Me too. <laughs> we Holy. definitely probably ran into each other a long time ago. <laughs> wow. So, I, two years? Yeah, so I, I ended up switching to CS my junior year. But yeah, I worked, uh, I worked in um, the accelerator physics lab for, for a while. No way. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so I did. I <laughs> after two years, what I did, I didn't switch out, but I added the computer science mm -hmm. um, major because maybe for the same reason you did, which is like, <laughs> I saw what life as an academic was like, and yeah. I was like, let's call this right now. Like, <laughs> like let's switch. <laughs> that was basic. That was my my experience too. Is like I I actually I worked in the ex uh, particle physics lab too, and when I moved to the particle physics lab. Our postdoc, who had just spent you know the last like eight years of his life or whatever it was doing his physics PhD, was now going to work at Seagate to do like hard drive yes. stuff and just like every, everybody there was just ending up working in software eventually. And so <laughs> I thought if I get my physics PhD, I'll end up working at Facebook doing yes. software anyway. So might as well learn the actual you know parts of computer science that are, are useful, so I don't have to backdoor my way in and can just you know choose my own path. Uh, many such stories. <laughs> this is the, yeah, that's exactly the motivations that I had as as well. Uh, did you did you take classes with Goon? I did. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was my research advisor uh, when I was at Cornell. Oh, so, nice. Uh, I did a Bitcoin project with him back in 2014. Oh, okay, cool. I was uh, so Goon taught my operating systems class. Uh, Kevin Zicknicki was one of the TAs during that class. Nice. Uh, the year after, I took a. A grad course in distributed systems mm -hmm. and like my, my crypto journey actually started there in yeah. that in that course um, I started messing I was messing around with the ethereum uh, code base it was before they had released the before like the initial Genesis block um, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I was doing but, you know I was like yeah, yeah. I never had industry experience in building any kind of software but uh, the goal of that project was to actually build the proof-of-stake uh, implementation of ethereum back then uh, didn't get very far, but I did complete the project at least. <laughs> yeah, I did get a grade on it. Like, that allowed me to pass the class. <laughs> Didn't Vitalik come through and you get introduced by Goon at that same time? Yeah, probably. Uh, so yeah, I, I remember back in the day, uh, Vitalik came through about like the week before Ethereum launched, because uh, Goon wow. Goon was like you know is has been the preeminent crypto professor for for a long time, and mm -hmm. I think Vitalik wanted to chat with him about some Ethereum stuff. 
and uh, so he gave a talk to the CS department, and we did were able to do one-on-one uh, meetings with him. And so I showed him the Bitcoin project I was working on, and he demoed smart contracts for me. Uh, and Serpent was the language he used at the time, which is mm-hmm. now now a dead language, but mm-hmm. it totally went over my head. I <laughs> cool. I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, uh, me me neither. Only very very high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Goon was actually one of the main reasons for getting more seriously into crypto mm-hmm. later because because of the work he was doing at Cornell mm-hmm. like I really respected the way he was thinking about the space and like the when I heard that he was seriously working on a project building like mm-hmm. a blockchain network it was like now there's some legitimacy in the technology that I want to get behind I know like, you know this is from a skeptic from like someone who hadn't been very involved but his him diving into the space was my indication to like oh, nice. <laughs> dive in as well sure so how did you get from uh, you know graduating at Cornell to actually uh, you know being at Kurtosis or what, what was your next step so after Cornell I went and worked at Palantir mm-hmm. for uh I was there for five and a half years, yes. I worked, and I was I was a software engineer with them, but I was part of the business development department. So I was in New York for a year, and then they sent me abroad, and I worked in the international business development department. So I went to Abu Dhabi and worked there for a year, and that's where I met my co-founder. Mm-hmm. We worked together in Abu Dhabi, then we both came to Brazil, built out the Brazilian presence, mm-hmm. and it was actually, we were living in the same apartment together when the pandemic happened lockdown started and me and him started looking at doing some more work to like fill the, our free time that we had and that's where that's where kurtosis started coming into the equation okay and what does kurtosis mean where's the what does the name come from oh yeah the so we kurtosis started through avalanche so avalanche uh, had a grant program before the mainnet launch and they were advertising they wanted to have someone build an end-to-end uh testing platform and we knew how to do that because we had built similar things in our past so when we applied uh, we had a we named the team kurtosis was framed and uh, so kurtosis is kurtosis is the kind of measures like the thickness of the long tails of a, of a, a distribution okay. a statistical distribution and it kind of means like how frequently do rare events actually happen and if you misjudge the kurtosis of a distribution, then things that you thought were rare are actually far more common. Gotcha. And so the principle behind the end-to-end testing framework was, well, people hit bugs when they put their code into production, and the philosophy they might have is, well, it worked in my component, mm-hmm. so who could have expected this? And that's kind of like framing the kurtosis of your expectations. It's like, sure. no, 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 you should have been... You should have been catching this stuff before if you had an end-to-end test. So that's the motivation for the for the word kurtosis, and then eventually that kurtosis kurtosis was framed, got shortened for that for the business <laughs> to just kurtosis. That's a good name. I like it. Yeah. So you started out with Avalanche, and so I guess could you give like just a quick description? So you you, you talked about testing. So what does it mean to do the, you know, this end-to-end testing for people who aren't really super familiar with the dev process? Right. The way that a lot of dev processes work, even in traditional software, is developers write and test either small components of their code um, or kind of like medium-sized chunks individually. And then it only gets, the entire system only gets all put together in a shared staging environment or QA environment 
where people play with it and then it goes into production which means that there's no actual robust testing at the level of the entire system and this is almost how everyone does it and the kind of the philosophy of kurtosis when it comes to the testing is that we should be testing the entire system as a unit in a way more robust and reproducible way you can almost think of it as uh, putting an airplane through a wind tunnel like that's extremely valuable to do uh, rather than just like taking off of the runway and then like seeing if it worked yeah. uh, and a lot of software kind of just takes off on the runway and then you try to fix it in the yeah. air or, or you only <laughs> tested the wheels and then you test the wheels separately and then you test you know the wings separately but you never test the whole thing altogether. right exactly and kind of what's happening in software at least from our point of view is that con container orchestration frameworks these are the things like kubernetes or even like uh what docker is building um what they they're making it a lot easier to manage a distributed system as a whole mm -hmm. um but it's being applied by the industry in production environments because that's what it's optimized for and that's the most important thing to work on right now but if you could take those uh, those systems and apply it to the testing and development process, then you completely revolutionize like how that DevOps cycle works, and that's kind of the category that we're operating. In. Got it. Yeah. So we did a you did a little demo for us the other day, and I actually uh, have not used Kurtosis at Avalanche, so I don't really work on the core platform. I work on more of the DAP side. But what was extremely powerful, which I think the way we actually do use this is, we're able to use Kurtosis to spin up basically a mini Avalanche network with uh, a bunch of different nodes because you know, we don't want to test just one Avalanche Go node. We want to test what happens when there's much, a bunch of different validators working in the system and trying to see how the system operates when maybe one validator is malicious or something like that and or is not responding. And just that's, it's so powerful to, to have these different, uh, different nodes and being able to write your tests in a way that you can kind of just script them up and write, uh, you know, what you want those tests to do in a single file or, or something like that rather than having to um, write scripts on five different boxes and then trying to get them to communicate. It's very hard to do in a repeatable manner uh, so that you can just kind of let your tests run whenever you write new code and, and see how it performs, make sure you didn't break anything. And so I'm, I'm super impressed by it. I want to see if I can in, include it in more parts of our workflows because this, this seemed really impressive. So I guess uh, one thing I wanted to ask is you're very much focused on the blockchain space right now. Have you thought about moving to more general de uh, decentralized systems, or I guess what's your what's your focus there? Yeah, we we have, and uh, in fact, when we right after the Avalanche engagement, the way that we approached kind of our business development was we spoke to a lot of different people. So we spoke to people who are building microservice architectures like traditional software. Um, people who are building like Internet of Things systems, uh, even like satellite cluster configurations, um, telecom folks, anyone building software-defined networks. And the, the need exists in all of these different situations. It's just that the feature set that is the most important to build at first changes. Um, so like, you know, in like a traditional software platform, you have one institution that runs the production environment. So they, they're like the dictators of what that looks like. But in blockchain, it's fundamentally decentralized right so like that doesn't exist at all yeah. so um you know really it's uh blockchain is the most active interesting and engaging market where i think we can make the biggest impact right now um but the applications of the the platform we're building go beyond that mm 
Uh, it's just that we've decided to optimize the developer experience and the the folks that we support to be entirely inside of the blockchain space. Yeah. You're one of the few people I know that's actually building tools for core plat blockchain platform developers. I think a lot of the tooling in the space right now is for DAP developers. It's trying to figure out new ways to write smart contracts efficiently, uh, new ways to deploy contracts to you know Avalanche, Ethereum, whatever. So it's cool to actually meet some people working on the other side, working for the, the platform folks, because uh, that, I think that's probably a pretty underserved market right now. Yeah. Uh it's definitely a situation where we feel lucky uh, just because, um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are also starting businesses right now. And the, the idea of like being somewhere where you don't feel like there's a immediate competitor doing what you're doing is like very, it feels, it feels good. Like, like we yeah. have some space to actually focus on the innovation we're doing instead of, you know, battling someone, uh, which is great. Uh, so, yeah, and it's, it's great to work with the infrastructure level platforms because um, you, you get the broadest exposure to all the cool stuff happening on top of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I know um, you guys have been working on your testing um, framework or environment. I think you told me when we were chatting the other day, your team is three people right now, is that correct? Yeah, there's three people. Uh, we hired our first engineer a couple of months ago. Got it, so you guys are just, your output is absolutely amazing because the Kurtosis framework is great and we use it a ton internally. And as I mentioned, I know um, Solana and Nier and Chainlink also, but something you demoed for us the other day at Avalanche House is a new prototyping environment. And so I wanted to kind of touch on that. Why don't you bring us up to speed on what's happening there? Yeah, so this is something that we, the prototyping workflow is something we first started envisioning while we were working with you guys uh, the first time. And kind of the idea is if you have a robust test end-to-end -end testing engine, then if you just detach the environment spin up from the execution of the tests, then you can give developers a very nice experience for prototyping because you can leave the environment there and separate like the lifecycle management from the actual interactions. Um, and the reason this is really important is one, for being the developer experience when it comes to writing tests is a, a lot better if you can prototype while you're developing the test. And two, well, it's great for developing other features as well. So this is where we start to even touch into working with folks who are like dApp developers because, for example, what we have for the near module is you, with Kurtosis, you get one button click to spin up like a near node, a wallet, an explorer, uh, there's an indexer database that the index is in the node, but like it writes to that database. Um, you have a couple front ends that allow you to explore your own local state. So you kind of have a complete environment that is local to just you and private to just you. So there's a lot of cool stuff you can do there, especially if you're building auxiliary services mm -hmm. or like, uh, you know, microservices that interact with various blockchains, uh, the modules. So I use this word module. Uh, that's kind of the unit of shareability in Kurtosis. So in order to get a near environment, you have a Kurtosis module that is defined for near. And, uh, if, you know, if we had that for Avalanche, it would be an Avalanche module. And uh, those modules are composable. So there's a lot of cool stuff you start to be able to do where you like can chain together a bunch of different blockchains and supporting services um, that give you the full development experience you need to have a smooth prototyping workflow. Got it, and so right now, um, whenever you spin up a development environment, there's just so many different components that you don't get out of the box. So, uh, so like when mm -hmm. you're 
dealing with Avalanche, you spin up a Vosh. That's like our version of Ganache, or if you're on Ethereum, you have Ganache. And that gives you like your local blockchain. But as he mentioned, you don't have an explorer. You don't have really a wallet. You don't have an indexer. So you've got to do something like Covalent or Graph. There's just a lot of components that you don't get out of the box. So this is kind of like a one-stop shop, single click of a button to spin up all of those components together, correct? That's right. And then there is an extra notion on top of that of like parameterization. So you when you pull... When you start up a module, you can set different parameters uh, that are useful for you. So like one simple parameter is uh, just specifying which services you want to whitelist or blacklist from your environment. Uh, but it can get more complex where you can set like different mining configurations for the nodes in the network. Mm. Uh, or like you can spoon different amounts of state from the testnet or mainnet that you want to work off of. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of... There's a lot of uh, kind of one button click utilities you can give to developers uh, depending on what the needs are for that specific ecosystem or like set of use cases. Got it. And you showed me an example, I believe, in TypeScript. It was just like an interface you have to implement. Um, what other languages are supported? What does it look like from a dev perspective? Right. Uh, so the Kurtosis engine exposes a protobuf API. And then we have implementations in TypeScript and Golang, which are the two languages right now that developers can use to interact with Cryptosis. Um, but because of because it's a, it's organized that way, uh, we have the ability to implement more and more languages. It's kind of like, you know, like you guys have like Avalanche JS, but you could easily have like a Rust one if you wanted. Sure. Right? Yeah. It's just like which ones do you support? Protobuf's a really cool piece of software. If if any of you haven't tried it, it's basically a uh, language agnostic. Uh, protocol for, for moving, uh, sending messages between languages and encoding your data. So you can have a Java class uh, on one side and then encode it and then decode it into a C++ class or into a Golang uh, struct or, 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 or something like that. So I think that's why you can do that extensibility and you can keep adding new languages in the future, right? Exactly. You can, it's kind of like you can compose... Like if like in if you're in the Java ecosystem, you have to take code that other Java developers wrote. But with the protobufs, you can compose libraries yeah. across languages. Mm. And then you can think of the Kurtosis module system as actually composing like distributed systems across. Wow. Is that kind of yeah, how it yeah. is, right? So like the end the end vision of those modules is that you can do a lot of cool stuff where not just like deploy different services like. Avalanche with Solana in the same testnet or prototyping environment, but also you could inject behavior that modifies those systems. So you could have like a, a chaos monkey module, which like you pull in and it breaks the network across your entire thing in random spots. Sure. Uh, so there's like logical things you can do with the network as well, or uh, you know induce like split chain uh, scenarios in, in the blockchains you're working with and then heal them. There's the potential is like pretty cool. <laughs> like we're excited about that. Sure. Yeah. And so I think I, I probably asked a couple of these questions of you already, but we'll do it again just because we're online here. So, um, where where do you sort of see this growing? So if I were sitting, oh, I'm on the outside. So looking from the outside in, I would say, um, if I were working at a huge company, let's say Facebook, for example, and we're building out the DM network or um, Libra, which used to be called, which. I'll go ahead and plug Ted Yen. Ted Yen created Hot Stuff, which is the classical consensus protocol behind Libra. I always like to plug that. Ted's one of our co-founders. So if I were building that team and I were looking out, one of the things I learned in Silicon, I live in San Francisco, so I've been working in Silicon Valley for a long time, and it's this 
agree. I think the canonical example is, you know, why did Facebook acquire Instagram when Instagram was like 13 months old with 11 people for a billion dollars or something? The reason they did that is because Mark Zuckerberg realized he could own this company or he could compete with this company in five years. And having seen the meteoric rise of Facebook, he appreciated that like these guys could be us tomorrow. And so if I were working at a large company and I were putting together the components to build out a huge blockchain infrastructure ecosystem, I would spot your team. I would say, these are three guys, let's go acquire them. So in your vision, what is the ultimate long-term outcome that would make you happy? Are you guys looking to be acquired? Are you looking to grow and become like the next huge thing? Like where do you see this ultimately playing out? Or where would you like to see it play out? So our our kind of 10-year goal for where Ketosis could be is actually like the development suite for distributed systems. Gotcha. Um, so it's uh, much, much broader than that. Um, we, we really, like how cool would it be if you could test upgrades to the New York City subway system like on Ketosis? Like, and that, that's kind of a thing. And, the reason that's so exciting is because when, as an engineer, I hear how, like, the New York City subway system is actually doing their upgrades, and nice. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like this could be so much better. Sure. Um, so that is the end goal. Um, uh, you know, we 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 have a long term vision for where this can go. You got it. So you guys want to grow the company. You're not looking yeah. to acquire anything like that. No. Got it. And so you had mentioned. So I guess sort of two things from there. Are you guys hiring? And if so, what are you looking for? And then the other one you had mentioned, you really just want to get feedback from users. So the number one thing you're looking for right now is just to get feedback from people, see how they're using Kurtosis, if they're not using Kurtosis, why. So what are some asks you would ask with regards to potential, we're trying to hire this role and or just from the community, what are you looking for? Yeah, so we are, we are hiring right now. And the biggest thing that we're looking for is we're hiring for a developer relations role, but particularly with regards to developer experience. Sure. So this is kind of like a very product-focused uh, developer relations uh, person, um, and it would be great to find someone with experience in the blockchain space, mm -hmm. because it is very new and different. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot to learn with regards, it's a humongous space, and there's a lot to learn with that. And both my co-founder and I started as, well, now we understand a lot more than we did before, but we started out as outsiders, mm -hmm. and it would be great to bring on some experience from people who have been in this space for a long time. Um, the other role that we're really looking for is developer evangelist. So this is like more of a marketing role in the same kind of category. Sure. Uh, you know, my co-founder and I are both engineers, uh, so I'm kind of talking about the more social uh, go-to-market roles, uh, as opposed to like the hard technical stuff. Um, and the final thing is, yeah, the biggest, our like number one goal right now is having developers love the experience of using Kurtosis. Mm -hmm. So like the biggest thing I would ask is if there's any developers out there uh, to go to the Kurtosis website, kurtosistech.com and try out our onboarding experience and reach out to us. Our contacts are, uh, information is on there and we'll set up a meeting with the founders and talk about what was it like? Did it suck? Was it fun? Um, do you see uses for it or do you see that it has major limitations? Like, it's, it, we're all about that developer feedback right now. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, first of all, Gabriel, you're not allowed to leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm here. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. Uh, so second of all, yeah, I mean, I think your, your long-term vision makes so much sense to me because I think that 
you're, you're very focused on blockchain now, but like I said earlier, like when it comes to distributed systems, like this is what every major company in the world is doing right now. Like for Web two and Web three, uh, you know, Uber, Lyft, uh, you know, a, a, uh, Netflix, all, all these services are, are built using distributed systems. Like you're, you would be like the ultimate AWS you know, service or whatever. Yeah, I was saying blockchain is a service, not to interrupt you, but on Twitter I was tweeting blockchain is a service and Tyler Tcrypt, who recently left our team but is an absolute block star, hit me back and was like, Kurtosis is blockchain as a service. So yeah, it is the, like the ultimate AWS for distributed systems. That's a great way to think about it. And yeah, just the way, you know, if you think about having all of these like different orchestration frameworks and stuff like that and being able to actually use them together in a testable way that's not just deployment to production. I think it's just, it's so powerful, yeah, and I'm, I'm a believer now, I'm, I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah, so can you speak at all just about Avalanche? Um, I know you guys have worked with other blockchains, but as you mentioned, um, so did the company start with a grant from the Avalanche Foundation? Is that literally the beginning of it? So that was, so Avalanche was the very first project? Yes, Avalanche was the very first project. We started with a grant from the, from the Avalanche Foundation uh, specifying the end-to-end -end testing use case, mm -hmm. and it was a great fit because you know, we, I had a personal connection uh, through my Cornell experience with, with Goon and uh, Sikniki, so I trusted the team mm -hmm. from the top. And uh, we worked with uh, uh, Colin and the uh, engineers, and Aaron, we right? connected Aaron, yeah. uh, Steven, yeah. and Tyler. Um, yeah. And the engine, like, they're just great engineers. Mm -hmm. And, like, coming from Palantir, like, uh, you can feel the connection when you're like, oh, I see the talent there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was really, really great cohesion between the Cortosis team and Avalanche from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So you know, brilliant partners when it came to building out the first thing and uh, and like getting it into meaningful usage. And that's kind of the thing is that Avalanche really valued the robustness of the DevOps pipeline and the stability of what they were building. So. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess you know it, it would be really easy, and I've seen this before in other companies. Like, it's it would be really easy to over optimize for like a short term win, right? But sacrifice quality of the product you're delivering, and that's Kurtosis as a testing framework uh, is designed for the long term, right? The long term sure. value you get out of it, and Avalanche had the same vision. Yeah, that's definitely something that we think about all the time. I think uh, one thing a lot of people will say about us is that. You know, we don't do enough marketing or whatever. We're not ready to like. You know, we're not, we didn't go full speed in pushing the product and selling it as as quickly as we could have. And I think you know, the, one of the big reasons for that is that we we know that it, it, when we make big claims that like we can be a scalable blockchain, we can be the most scalable blockchain. Uh, you know, we can have all these improvements. We can have subnets. People only trust you once, and you can't mess up. And you, you know, you can. You can make these short-term optimizations to try to you know, get your business, get your chain in front of other people, get your dApp in front of other people, but if you're not ready, if you don't put in the work, if you don't plan for the long term right away, you're going to make a mistake and then you're going to lose trust and so that can just be absolutely killer because it's so much harder to win that back once you've proven that you've, you know, you've messed up or, or whatever. So we, you know, we take that to heart and we wanted to make sure that you know, with everything we built, we're always planning to do this the right way no matter how important it is or you know how short term or how long term because the returns for doing something the right way the first time and you know, carrying that practice through the whole the, the entire uh, development cycle is um, 
it, it pays compound dividends going forward and can have, can help you avoid exponentially bad outcomes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've done a really good job at Ava Labs. Probably the best. Um, I was at Trulia in 2011, 2012. We went public on the IPO or on the New York Stock Exchange. We had an IPO, and then we were acquired by Zillow, and it was like a huge two and a half billion dollar acquisition. And something that I really learned there, and something which has really been driven into me again, living in San Francisco for the past ten years and working there with a bunch of great teams, is it's sort of like you have to build everything upon a foundation of extremely high quality engineering. And then above that, you want to have some technical innovation, and then you want to incentivize the team in the right way. And if you can get all of those components playing together well, you can really go big, and you can make a huge impact, and you can be incredibly successful. And I think that's something that Ava Labs has done. I've worked at several blockchain startups, and I think Ava Labs has just really done a great job of putting all the pieces together. We have an incredibly strong foundation of engineering. It starts literally with our CEO and the entire C-suite, John, Ted, Kevin, and Goon are all just a quadruple plus level players they all are you know excellent uh, experts in their field three of those four are PhDs from Cornell in computer science and then all the way down the team so you know you mentioned Steven and Aaron and Dan and we've just had so many you know obviously um, Connor we have so many incredibly great engineers at our company um, so yeah I just want to give a shout out there so in the context of Kurtosis, um, being a multi blockchain framework right now but or environment sort of framework uh, you had mentioned ultimately moving into other areas. Um, how do you decide which technology stacks you want to take on? Is it primarily just grant driven or do you guys have some checklist that you check off and say we want to go there next? Like how do you mm. figure out your roadmap? Yeah, uh, our roadmap, at least for the next, for the sh median term, I guess you would say, the next year and a half, uh, it's driven by the amount of high quality engagement we get. Okay. So it's about the relationships we can build with the engineers or the organizations that we're working with. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we're, we're in the period of investing deeply into the quality of our product. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you, maybe you get a foundation that's willing to give a lot of money, but they aren't willing to... Uh, or the engineers inside of that organization or the ecosystem just aren't as tied in or motivated to develop. And that would be a, a low quality engagement for us. Sure. Um, so it's really about engineer engagement uh, where we focus our time. Uh, so we're looking for ecosystems where there's a lot of people building and engineers are excited about being able to uh, you know, improve the process in which they develop. They're motivated to get things out as fast as possible in a safe way. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we would thrive uh, for the foreseeable future. Okay. And I know you mentioned you're going to be in Lisbon for a little bit longer. <clears throat> it's uh, This will be going live. <clears throat> Pardon me. This should be going live on the web tomorrow, I think, right? Probably next week. Okay. So I was going to give him an opportunity to plug anything else you're doing in town if you want to and um, if it makes it out in time if they hear it. Got you. Well, I'll be at the, uh, I'll be at the near conference um, <clears throat> Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Um, and then I'll be flying back uh, to Mexico City, uh, which is where my co-founder and I are running Gritosis uh, from right now. Um, uh, I'll be at the near conference and, uh, uh, you know, maybe this will go out after I, I do all that. Um, but. I'll be around and open to networking while I'm here for sure. Got it. And you mentioned you met your co-founder in Abu Dhabi. Is he native to Abu Dhabi or do you want to give a shout out to your team? I do. Yeah. My co-founder is amazing. Uh, his name is Kevin Today. <laughs> and uh, he's actually another Midwest guy. So I'm from Ohio. He's from Illinois. And uh, no, he was working at Palantir as well. Um, deployed out in Abu Dhabi. That's where I met him. 
um, but brilliant engineer. He's uh, he has the architectural vision for what we're building, mm-hmm. and he's got a real mind for seeing long-term consequences of of design decisions, okay. whether it's software or business. So I'm kind of I'm kind of like generating chaos by like bringing in like users and new workflows and everything, mm-hmm. and he's like trying to take that chaos and turn it into a system that doesn't fall apart, you know? Um, so that's kind of the dynamic between us. And our engineer, Leandro, uh, is really great. He joined us a couple months ago, but he onboarded super fast into the team and he's already generating new ideas. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful to be backed by the team that we have so far. And I hope that as we grow, we keep the culture uh, that we've managed to have up to this point. Yeah, it still shocks me that there's only three people on your team. So what is the title of your co-founder? If you're CEO, what is he? CTO. CTO, okay. CTO. So in your day, what does your actual day-to-day look like? Like, uh, do you still are you still a code monkey or are you now just totally like oh, uh, detached? Yeah, uh, Kevin kicked me off of the engineering team a couple months ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not allowed to code anymore. Uh, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> I, was, I was coding a lot uh, up until then, but basically we learned that if I'm coding, then the feedback loop to users uh, dies down mm-hmm. um, and that's our most important thing so I'm full-time dedicated to that we did just raise a fundraising round so I was fundraising for a little bit mm-hmm. um, but now that that's over I'm fully dedicated to finding new users to speak with mm-hmm. and you know making making relationships with blockchain institutions so that we can learn how to support their systems to those users but the end goal of that is those users Got it. so like that's my full focus right now and hiring I guess you know I don't, I don't have a lot of free time, so like I'm hiring as well, of course, which <laughs> is part of the job. Yeah. So if people want to find you, how do they find you online? Oh, you can find me on uh, Twitter is Galen Marchetti, that's G-A-L-E-N-M-A-R-C-H-E-T-T-I. Um, you can go to our website, kurtosistech.com. Uh, it's, that's the best way because you can find all of our socials there. Sure. Um, but yeah, we're like wide open to feedback and interactions, uh, so please do reach out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I know just real quick for myself, we've been working on Avash 2.0. So of course I'm on the developer service or developer relations team or squad at uh, Ava Labs. I'm developer evangelist, and we've been already brainstorming on Avash 2.0. So I know as soon as I get back, I'm going to be deep diving on the prototyping framework because I really like what he demoed for us the other day. So I know that's my big takeaway from uh, meeting up with you here. It's nice to meet you in person, and I'm a huge fan of Kurtosis. Absolutely have been since I joined all the labs. And so now when I get back to San Francisco, I'm going to deep dive on the prototyping framework. So I'm pretty stoked to dig into that. So one, one quick question that I think we're maybe kind of wrapping up a little bit. So I, want to, I kind of want to end on. What do you think the blockchain development experience is, is missing right now. What do you see as like you know the key opportunities that maybe Kurtosis is gonna move to fill, but maybe some things that you're not gonna fill but you see as like the big missing pieces right now. What are the biggest challenges you see? The biggest the biggest pain point is and we've seen this across every single engagement we've done or tried to do so far, the biggest pain point is that there's no there's no source for how things tie together. That's the biggest pain point, and um, everyone kind of has to figure it out on their own, and no one is solely responsible for, for that. And so that's kind of what the module, the Kurtosis module, kind of does. That is encode the logic for how those things tie together, and that's the biggest, the, the biggest pain point for the engineers that we're working with. So for you know, there's several examples for that. But if you want to test, let's say you're running a centralized exchange and you want to test a new blockchain integration, you do have to figure out 
how to set up all the software that's been built across different parts yeah. of the organization. It's you you gotta you gotta be a DevOps person that like learns from reading source code and then like fixes mistakes. <laughs> like it's basically yeah. how you have to do it. Yeah. Uh, so that is the 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 biggest pain point when it comes to like the infrastructure level folks. Uh, can't speak too well to the smart contract side of things, but I do know that there's a lot of interest in increased uh, observability into into uh, bugs and also increased like capacity to manipulate either like block times um, or like gas prices and like like how well can you make sure that um, what you're doing actually holds up under volatile network conditions yeah yeah all right yeah well thank you so much so I think uh, yeah we'll call it so yeah so this has been subnet show but uh, if you're interested in hearing more subnet you can find us on YouTube and podcast services around the globe you can find me on Twitter I'm Das underscore Connor D-A-S underscore C-O-N-N-O-R yep you can find me on Twitter CG Cardona um, we have a lot of great guests coming up we have Goon we have uh, Caitlin Long is going to be on the uh, show we have Tyler Lindholm who works with Caitlin Long in Wyoming we've got a bunch of other people signed up so of course uh, stay tuned thank you so much for your time Galen thank you Connor I wish you guys a safe journey back to um, your home and I think that's it from the subnet show so as always from snowflake to avalanche and through consensus to the stars thank you ladies and gentlemen